Welcome to Authentic Influence with host Anthony Chansamuth, the show where we get real and share the stories and struggles, strategies and tactics of successful influencers and entrepreneurs so that you too can take action to create the life and business that you choose. And now over to Anthony. All right. Hey, welcome to Authentic Influence Live. This is Anthony Chansomuth from simplecreativemarketing.com. And today we are talking about marketing, money, and mindset and the relationship and the interplay between all three. Uh, And I really am excited to uh, welcome uh, a dear friend and a client and a guest and formerly my my boss, actually. So this is really a fun. And it's a funny relationship we've got going, but I love it. Um, so let me introduce you to Stevie V. Brown, uh, who is a marketing results coach. Stevie it runs two businesses. Uh, she's a diverse business and marketing professional with 20 plus years experience working with a plethora of global and local brands, industries, and disciplines to create effective marketing strategies and campaigns uh, that really get results with internal teams, stakeholders, and customers alike. Uh, We've had the fortune of producing a a couple of case studies for Stevie's clients, um, and I'm going to share a few of those later. Better in this interview, but uh, you know the results that Stevie's been able to help her clients produce are just you know they speak for themselves. So Stevie, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Yeah. It's good to see you. We do have a weird relationship. You're right, <laughs> <laughs> but it's evolved yeah, like in a relationship, like and you know the, the 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 one consistent thing I would say is that you remain authentic and you remain true to who you are, and and uh, and that's what. Res- resonated with me the first day I met you, you know, at Realize, like that was the the, the key to that. And then you haven't trying to pretend to be anyone else. And, and this is, the, you know, my, my show is called Authentic Influence and it's about being <laughs> you and true to you. And and that's that's your like the real evidence of that. So, so oh, thank um, you. tremendous, tremendous. Now, talk. let's let's talk about, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to just quick check in with you. You've, you've moved to beautiful, like sunshine, coasty region area of the Northern Queensland. Um, how's life over there? <laughs> Oh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it really is paradise. I'm, I'm, I feel so grateful and lucky to live in such a beautiful part of the world. Um, yeah, I, I left behind the big city of Sydney. I've been there for, I think, 12 years since I first moved to Australia. And yeah, honestly, I just to come up here and live in a beautiful little town that's just brand new. It's just being built. Everything's fresh and new and clean and well planned for the future. Um, is just wonderful. So I'm loving not being in the city. It's my favorite thing. And I'm glad that I've been able to create that life for myself. So very happy with my choice. <laughs> oh, you're muted, Amp. Yeah, you know, you'd think I know how to do this by now. But uh, Cindy and I <laughs> yeah, are just dying to get over the it's border Friday. and go and visit you over there. You know, it's just like for us, it's, uh, you know, we, we're feeling that sense of, especially with the, 100-day lockdown here in Sydney, it's like, oh, my gosh, we just need to get out of this Yeah, place. absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, you're welcome anytime. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. All right. Well, let's get into the topic of money, mindset, and marketing. Uh, um, you've been speaking about this. You've been working with your clients around these key, these key issues. Uh, so yeah. why, why do you always go back to, you know, it's really not about the marketing. It starts with the mindset. Mm. Yeah. Because it, it, it because it does it really does and I've just recently done uh, in the last year I did you know as you know I did my master's in digital marketing and my thesis was about this very topic essentially where I went out and researched with marketing providers and with small business owners to try and understand where's the disconnect between them because I knew from talking to businesses that there was a disconnect and I wanted to understand it and you know from that I've really discovered more and more that the mindset is the issue and it, it's sort of in two ways really because firstly. If you're going to go out and promote your business, um, then you need to have confidence about that. So your mindset has to say, I'm really good at what I do and I can produce results for my clients. Um, And that's particularly true, you know, if you're a coach or a consultant, that's particularly true for those service-based businesses. You've got to be able to get results for people. And so if you don't have the confidence in yourself that you can, um, then actually going out to market it just doesn't make any sense. You're not really going to have much success if you haven't got that confidence. So obviously it sort of leads into sales as well because you need to be fairly confident to sell. 
But I think the mindset thing is really 80% and the 20% is the mechanics of the actual marketing. So we have to get the sort of two ways, you know, when I'm working with clients, one is, are they feeling the confidence in themselves about what they offer and the fact that they offer, you know, results? Can they feel really firm about talking about the results that they bring and the impact they have on their clients' lives? And then secondly, are they confident and is their mindset in the right space? And there's four sort of areas for that, which we can talk about for marketing their business, because if they're not going to put a commitment to marketing and have the right mindset to it, what I know for sure is that it will fail um, 100%. And so if there's, you know, people listening who are maybe trying to market their own business and kind of struggling and maybe failing again and again and again and thinking this marketing doesn't work because that's kind of where it came from. I got this idea that marketing doesn't work from people. And I was kind of going, hang on a minute, what's going on here? If people are kind of struggling with that, then this is, you know, a great podcast for you to be listening to because this it, it is all about getting your mindset in the right space to set the foundations for success with marketing so it's it's half it's more than half the battle 80 percent of the battle so let, let's uh take what you've just said there and, and and really perhaps use a real example um it could be a real you know one of your past clients or existing clients or even just your own experience um yeah where you really first encountered this idea of you know someone struggling with marketing, uh, I yeah. hear a lot, and I've been through it myself. Where it's like, oh man, I really don't want to sell myself. I don't, you know, if, if, <laughs> I don't want to be that really dodgy salesperson. I don't want to push yeah. things onto people. Um, and then, you know, I've had to do some work, you know, with coaches and, and whatever else to, to really understand. Wait a minute, you know, you're actually acting, you're actually doing this this service to yourself and also to your potential clients because you, you know, they can't help you, uh, or you can't help them. Them, That's right. Um, if if you know you never get them to buy into you know your value, so yeah. Um, yeah. Can you talk about that and maybe share you know your experience or one of your clients' experiences around that particular piece? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I think well, look, you said when's the first time that you kind of noticed that? Well, <laughs> probably in myself initially when I started running a business. You know, I, I came out of corporate and my confidence was completely shattered because I'd been really badly bullied by a narcissistic nasty boss that I'd had to deal with just before of coming out of, of, of corporate. And so I didn't realize just how badly my confidence was shattered. Um, and it started to become clear when I first started my business because I just didn't have any belief in what I was doing. Um, and obviously I've, you know, nailed that now. Um, so there's no issues for me, but I really saw that other people, you know, would sort of go, well, they're having the same problem. I would hear them talking to me about the same problem. So I've then had clients who, you know, when they first come to speak to me, and this would be more on, you know, because there's sort of two sides to my business. There's the coaching side, and that's really about that mindset and getting everything clear and clarity and strategy. And then there's the implementation marketing services side. But we can't do that second side until we've done that first side. And so I've had a client I'll think of an, an example of a client and, you know, she came to me and she really recognized the problem she was having. And she said, Stevie, I've got to fix this confidence issue because I don't really believe enough in myself. I'm not believing what I'm saying. So when she's going out to clients, what was happening is she was letting the client take charge or the potential client take charge of the conversation. She was allowing them to dictate to her how much she would charge and what she would do for that amount of money and when she would do it. And I said to her, we need to get on top of this because if you let them do that, then you're never going to be profitable in your business and you're never, you're always going to be a slave to your business. You'll never enjoy it. So she needed to get on top of that and she knew that. And so, you know, finding that, being able to find that confidence is what will ultimately grow your business. It will increase your profitability because you'll be more um, confident to charge more for your services because you believe that you what you're doing has impact and by recognizing the impact that you have you actually can show and demonstrate to your clients the impact that they're receiving from you and sometimes people do things that you know we all do things intuitively in our day for our clients um, or our customers whatever you call them in your business and we don't necessarily think of the value of them um, but I've had conversations with people when I do training sessions where I said to them, you know, simple idea, make sure you're utilizing your email signature to the fullest advantage, advertising your latest services or offer. And they are mind blown by that, right? So to you and I, that's probably really simple and obvious, but they're mind blown by it. They haven't even thought about doing that. 
the value that that brings, I've had people tell me that changed the game for them because they actually started utilizing their email signature. They <laughs> have people clicking through to that offer. So, you know, sometimes what we do can change the game, even though to us it seems really simple. And so you have to be really, you have to be really comfortable with selling yourself, with talking about what you do and being proud of the impact you have. And the, the one other point on that, which you mentioned, is that you have this obligation. This, you know, it's up to you to share your talent with the world. So if you're capable of helping people to do whatever it is that you do, then you have a responsibility to the world to share that and to put it out there. And I've had that issue sometimes with um, a current client I'm working with, for example, and they have sort of said, oh, you know, we don't want to be salesy and, you know, oh, we're not sure about, you know, being marketing, you know, doing too much marketing and pushing ourselves out there. And I'm like, you have amazing credibility, you have incredibly qualified people on your team. These services that you offer need to be shared with more people because it's not about being salesy and marketing-y. It's about um, actually putting your talent out to the world and helping people have a better quality of life or a better experience in their business, whatever it is that you sell. Super important. So you kind of have a responsibility to do this. I love that you bring it back to really helping people have a better quality of life, have a better business experience, whatever it may be. Because yeah. uh, a lot of the times it's, it's not about the nuts and bolts thing that you do. So whether you're running Facebook ads, you're doing landing pages, you're doing copy like I do, um, it, you know, it doesn't come down to that. When I'm speaking to a client, often it, it's like, what, what's, what, what are you really trying to achieve here? You know, why are you even in business, right? Uh, yeah. And then they talk about their families. They talk about going on holidays. They talk about these other things. Um, yeah. And you're like, well, how, you know, and so then it comes down to, well, you know, if you're sitting there struggling to write an article for, you know, for your, your website and it's taking you yeah. four hours or eight hours a day to do it, um, wouldn't that be better off you investing in someone else to do that for you? Um, Absolutely. And you focus yeah. on sales, whatever it is that you need to do, right? Uh, you talked about, like a big part of this is developing your self-confidence to go out there and pitch authentically. So it's not about going out there and spruiking yourself and like, Hey, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm all the biz. Like it, it's, it's more, um, <laughs> or, or this is, this is how, this is what I can do. These are my skills. This is my credibility. Um, let's talk about yeah. that credibility piece. Okay. Someone's listening to this and they're going, okay, Stevie, I get, I've got to work on that mindset piece. I've got to really understand what are the negative voices going on. Um, you know, and then, okay, how do you establish credibility if you're, let's say, starting out or maybe you're in, yeah. they're in that situation where they're just, they're coming out of corporate like you did, um, mm. you know, back in the day and, and, and you don't really know how to position your business. You don't really know how to command the price or, or the rate that you want to replace the salary from your job because that, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah. Like it took me, uh, honestly, it took me five years to get the income to the same level as what it was when I was back in corporate. Right. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, I know working with you, I, you know, if I knew you five years ago, I could probably, we could have accelerated that a lot quicker. But um, <laughs> yeah, someone listening to this going, Stevie, how do I do that? I've just come out of corporate or I'm planning to leave yeah. corporate right next year and I want yeah. to launch my own yeah. business. But how can I ask for three grand, five grand, 10 grand a month um, when I, you know, when I'm just starting out? Yeah. Well, I think, I think there's, there's quite a bit in there. So I'll try and unpack some of the, the key thoughts in there. So, Look, first of all, in terms of credibility, especially if you're coming out of corporate or wherever you're coming from to start a business, usually there's some kind of background that you have and some kind of experience, expertise, qualification that you have in whatever it is that you do. So I think the first thing is you're already credible because you already have that experience or expertise. Now, of course, when you come from corporate in particular into the world of being a small business owner, you think you know everything and you think you know exactly what you're doing and you don't and you find out very quickly that you really don't um, because it's a whole different world. And so I think, you know, how do you establish credibility when you're starting business? Well, there's lots of um, methods you can um, you can uh, tap into. And I think, you know, one of those is, you know, that a lot of people use is getting out there and sharing their talent and their capabilities perhaps for free uh, to get a few case studies built up. And of course, that's why someone like yourself comes in to, to write those case studies and optimize them for your, you know, what would essentially be a brand new website if you're just starting your business. So it wouldn't have much traction with Google yet. So I think, you know, that's one way of sort of starting that credibility, building up your Google reviews. So these are some of the sort of tactical marketing things you can do. But the other side of that is, 
you know, and, and things like your LinkedIn profile and, and all of, you know, getting people to refer you and endorse you and those sorts of things. The other thing is, you know, how do you get yourself out there as a speaker, potentially guesting on a podcast, perhaps, you know, again, you've got credibility, you've got experience, you've got knowledge. So what you have to do is say, what is the knowledge that I have? And then find out what, whether that knowledge is worth paying for as far as what other people um, are looking for, who you think your target audience is. So I suppose that's sort of the credibility piece, but that leads into your second point, which is around positioning. Um, and I think, you know, what I, what I get people to do sometimes, and not necessarily when they're just starting out, but I think this can work for people who are just starting out as well, is to do an inventory. So essentially just break down everything that you offer in your business or think or think you're wanting to offer and put it into an inventory list and sort of go, what is it that I actually am doing? Because of course, you know, if you're an, a lawyer, you're obviously providing legal advice and contracts and things like that. That's the output. That's the end thing. You know, if you work in marketing, you're providing some form of marketing service. But what is the thing that's different about the way that you present that, the way that you deliver it? Because we all have our methods and way of approaching it. And the method is the thing that's going to give you your point of difference. It's going to give you your positioning in the market. And it might be partly your method and your process and then also partly your characteristics your personality you know you mentioned at the start of this that you said that you'd know me to be quite authentic and i do i am very well known for being extremely direct because and, and pragmatic like i just tell it how it is and some people don't like that but a lot of people really love that because they know that they're going to get the truth from me and they respect that so that's part of my point of difference and so i think what you have to do is find those things for you and you can ask friends you know you can ask colleagues ex-colleagues you can ask people that you offer your services to perhaps for free in the beginning there's lots of ways that you can gather that intel so i would say gather the intel work out what's different about you versus everyone else in the market and then just package that up you know people get too caught up in oh i must have a single positioning statement and those are great when you're growing you know when you're getting to the next stage of the business and you want to be a bit more formalized but in the early stages, just write a list of stuff that you do that it has an impact on the people you do it for. And that's um, the way you're going to start building that positioning, at least in the early stages. Yeah, I really like the idea of doing an inventory. And this, regardless of whether you're just starting out or you've been in, in there for five years, it's really good to do an inventory of what you're, you're offering now or what you can yeah. offer. Uh, yeah. And then also inventory of... Um, you know, what you've been able to deliver previously. Uh, and then something that you did or do with, with some of your clients is to actually inventory the clients, like look at who your customers are, yes. which ones are yeah. um, taking up, you know, a, a lot of energy and probably not paying you the rates that you should be paid um, and then yeah. firing clients. Like, a, like a, that's that's amazing to me. Um, can you I talk love about firing like, how... <laughs> So much fun. <laughs> yeah. So, so why is it important to do that? Like, because so, this conversation yeah. is around money and, 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 and mindset. Yeah. So why is it yeah. important to really take stock of who your best clients are, who your worst clients are, and then yeah. really, yeah. Um, you know, uh, then take action from there? So one of the clients that I work with, which she did the case study for, which is probably what you're thinking of, um, you know, she had done this exercise that you're talking of. So I've, I've created like a client analysis tool that people use. And what I get my clients to do is put in the history, the last doesn't have to even be the, you know, the whole history, just the last couple of years of their of their business and have a look at who they work with. And importantly, how much, uh, that's the one, Helen, um, have a look importantly at how much each of those clients are garnering you in revenue. And I have a number of other criteria that I get my clients to um, assess and look at. Now, this is so powerful. So when I did this with Helen, and I know she won't mind us talking about this, um, she went through and she was telling me right in the beginning of our sessions, she said, I've got this great client and he's really good because he's paying me, you know, X amount per month and I've got this regular income from him. And then I said, okay, cool, that sounds great. Let's go through and put him in the analysis too. So she did this whole analysis. She did all her clients. And she came back with the analysis and said, how do you go? And she went, I have realized this client that I thought was amazing is terrible. They're the worst client I could possibly have. And the reason was because that client was keeping her very, very busy. So she thought, I'm busy. My business is busy because I'm busy doing all these things for this client. 
But what she wasn't looking at was that that client was not profitable at all. She wasn't getting paid mm. anywhere near as much as she should have been for the amount of work she was doing. The old scope creep had come into play and he was just laying stuff on. And it, it wasn't necessarily that he was a bad you know, client, that he was just laying stuff on and meaning to try to get that much out of her. But it was the fact that she wasn't saying anything. She wasn't having that confidence to push forward and say, well, hang on a minute. That's great that you want me to do all these extra things. Let's have a look at that scope because that's not sitting within our current scope. So we need to we need to look at the fee here and, and increase that. She didn't have that confidence to do it. She thought she was getting a good deal from this client. And so what did we do? What did she decide she was going to do from this empowering moment, which it really was because she was like, wow, she fired him. She fired his ass. He was gone. So that was it. And she's never looked back. She's never looked back. And so it's super powerful to do these analysis um, exercises. I do it every year or so for my own business. And I have a look and I go, who's not serving me right now? Because what we forget is we think as a business owner that the client is serving, it, it, that you're serving the client because you're doing a service for them. You're delivering something for them and they're paying you. But oh, no, 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 no. It's the other way around, right? Because <laughs> you need to be sure that the people you're working with are serving you and your business as well. And that's where building partnerships is so important with marketing providers, because you know what, if you treat someone well, if you build a partnership for the long term with them, guess what? They'll do anything for you and they'll have a really loyal relationship with you in doing that. So they'll do better work. So I think, you know, it, it's so important that you understand what your clients, how your clients are treating you so that you can treat them appropriately um, and, and in return. And um, the other there was another point I just wanted to make on the last thing we were talking about when doing that inventory. The thing that's powerful about that inventory as well is when you come out the end of that exercise, and I've done this in training courses with, you know, like seminars, uh, seminars or training rooms with people and the change in their face when they realize all the stuff they're doing that they're just not getting paid for. And they look at how much they're getting paid and they look at how much they're doing on their inventory list and they go, whoa, I'm not charging enough. And it's a very powerful moment. And that's the realization that it's time to make a change. There's a lot of uh, like my brain is going, wow, there's so many deep level conversations going on here. Um, and that's really the value of working with someone like you, because unless you're you have someone that can mirror um, and reflect, you know, and also someone that's outside of your own experience, right? And that's what yeah. you really can provide. Uh, because if yeah. you're talking to a family member, like they're probably not the best people to um, to say, you know, hey, whatever it may be, or you're talking exactly. to, you know, yeah. And, and you say like the client in this scenario or the example you gave with Helene, I remember talking to her about that. And, and um, it's not that they, the client was necessarily a bad person. No, it's just they were in a situation that they were doing what they knew to do, like really. Um, and, and so, but you have to work out what, you know, what's the kind of relationship you want with, yeah. with your clients? And, and, um, how, do, and how do you want them treating you? Exactly. And it's so important that you speak up as well, because, and, and this is particularly true of women, because we don't always have the confidence to speak up, but you've got to speak up. You've got to protect your income. You've got to say, okay, thanks. That's great. What an awesome new scope of work that we've got there. I'll get you a quote, <laughs> right? We'll go through the fee. Most times, nine times out of 10, people are expecting that. They're not, not expecting that it's going to cost them more. They're not being a bad person trying to squeeze more out of you. Some are, but no, that's, that certainly wasn't the case here. They just, if you don't say anything, they're not going to. Why would they, you know? Why would they pay more if they didn't really need to sort of thing or think they had to? So you have to speak up. You got to speak up. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm just seeing what's on this screen here. And I, it gave me a reminder to talk to you about uh, target audience personas, right? Yeah. Because uh, this is very common in marketing we talk about you can find a, a gazillion articles online about buyer persona and, and the fact that you should do that uh but i see there's people who get get it like, like you yeah. and then there are people who don't get it and they, they make up these fictional characters where it's like my target you know my ideal client is richard branson um and it's like wait a minute <laughs> have you ever worked with a richard branson before in your life um do you have richard branson's in your circle how are you going to get to that person um yeah and then it's like you know so, so can you take us through you know just some insight around how you tackle that or what's your take on 
what's yeah, actually definitely. an effective you know audience persona or target audience persona yeah yeah this is a great question and because and a really good topic to cover because often you know i hear these kind of ideas that people say oh you know the marketing person made me do a persona or they want to charge me money to do a persona and what's the point of it it's useless right it's not useless if you do it right it's useless if you do like you say people grab a free template offline on, on off, online and they've got no idea what to do with it and I, I get kind of frustrated with this there's a lot of you know templates out there online great but strategy is not a template it's not a, a word document with boxes in it you know strategy is a, a, a thinking process and so I, I have a live example of what happened recently with a client we're at the start of our coaching journey and I'm like, right, we're going to do personas. And I said, have you ever done these before? You know, sometimes they get called avatars or profiles. And, you know, she's like, yeah, I guess we've done them before. And I said, well, let's have a look at what you've got. And we had a look and she said, you know, how do you feel about these? Well, I just don't really know what to do with them. And that that's the really defining thing. A client generally, a, a business owner, you look at it and you go, I don't know what to do with this. And it's a little bit like an accountant, you know, looking, you looking at your accounting versus your accountant looking at it. You, you see different things. So when I'm looking at it, I'm seeing very different things to what, um, you know, my business, uh, my client would be seeing. And this particular client, she was super game to go through the process. She was hired me for. So we went through the process. And what I add to personas, which you'll never get on the free templates. And if you do, again, it's a box to fill in. And how do you know how to fill it in? is you know looking at the uh the mindset and behavior so i say okay what how are they solving the problem they're having now so firstly we need to understand the problem you're solving how are they solving that problem now what are their current solutions and sometimes those current solutions are not a competitor of yours they're just not fixing the solution at all so you know one of the great uh solutions that business owners use in marketing is what i call the hope strategy um, they engage in the hope strategy, you know, this one out, right? And they they go, um, yeah, so, so you say, well, so what have you been doing so far to, you know, improve your ranking in Google? Oh, well, uh, uh, I think I did a blog post in 1991, you know, and they're, they're not doing anything, but they know it's a problem they need to solve. So their current solution is they sit down at their computer with a blank sheet of paper and try to type something, but they haven't got a plan and they don't know what to type and they're not very good type writers and all of those things. So that's their current solution. Uh, it's obviously not a very good solution, but what that tells us is there's an insight there, which is that you can use in marketing potentially, which is, you know, don't sit back, don't sit down at your computer ever again, feeling like you've got no idea what to write. Instead, here's a better solution. Let's do a content strategy and let's write some content professionally for you. So, you know, there's a number of ways that, um, you know, that you can, uh, that you can look at this, but I think, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Completely <laughs> lost, lost my train of thought. Dropped out my head. No, that's right. Yeah, you're saying people getting stuck on tactics and not really clear yeah, on get, strategy. Yeah. That's where I was getting. Yeah, getting that. stuck yeah. on tactics and, and and not having not having a strategy to move forward. So, yeah, sorry. So I'm back now. I've got I've got back where I was. Um, so looking at current solutions and then looking at what your solution is that's gonna gonna solve that. That gives you insight into what to actually put into your marketing. Um, and so that's part of what I do with personas. And the other thing I do with personas is I look at buying cycle. So what stage are they at in the buying cycle? Because one of the challenges with mindset around marketing is typically as a business owner, you do marketing when you want new customers, but that's not how marketing works. Marketing is something you need to do, have a long-term commitment to and do over a period of time. And so if you're gonna do marketing only when you need new customers, what you have to understand is that just because you decided you need some new clients today, doesn't mean they wanna become your client today. And so what I like to look at with the persona is the buying cycle between awareness, consideration and buying. What stage are they actually at? Are they just seeking? Do we just need to make them aware of this possible solution to their, you know, as the example said, hope strategy? Or do we are they a bit further on? Do they want to start considering your business? So are they looking at you versus competitors and what you offer that's better than others? Or are they, are they actually at that pointy end of the buying process, in which case the type of content and the type of marketing you do is going to differ with those three stages and equally once they purchase from you you know i find a lot of businesses are focused on 
their existing clients and giving them content or information for, for, for them being an existing client. So it's like, here's how to use our product or get the best out of our service. But that's not really that much use to someone who hasn't actually become aware of you or considered you or bought you yet. So we need to kind of go back in the cycle. Yeah, so I think that's a really uh, powerful framework to approach um, just the, a strategic approach to uh, understanding what content goes where um, and what, yeah. you know, uh, we, we could really expand on this, but I just wanted to um, bring it back to uh, the key point here is, is understanding the, your customer buying cycle and then working, you know, on relevant um educational pieces or, or whatever it may be that, that fits each, each part yeah. of the cycle. Um, yeah. that, that's yeah. tremendous. Um, okay, now someone's listening, let's say, you know, I'm going to play devil's advocate here and someone's listening to this and, and they're going, Steve, that's so much work. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, to sit down and then look at, you know, all, all these different things. Um, and I, I kind of feel that's probably why a lot of business owners, small business owners, and I've been guilty of this, don't actually sit down and write down a marketing strategy because it's yeah, like, oh my yeah. gosh, I need to think of all these things. And maybe I don't know all the different parts of the buying cycle yet, right? Um, so so let, let's. I w I'd love to hear your take because you, you're very strong at this and you do really well with helping others with marketing strategy. So um, where would someone start with even if they wanted to, you know, go from this interview here and go, okay, well, I'm sold. I need to go and write some kind of marketing strategy. Uh, mm. What makes a marketing strategy useful versus something that, you know, like a 30 page marketing plan that they do nothing with. Um, yeah. How can they actually create a strategy that's actually going to help them, uh, you know, do effective marketing. So I'm probably going to give you the answer that you're not probably looking for, <laughs> which is hire a professional, <laughs> hire a marketing strategist. <laughs> it, it's as simple as that. People who try to do marketing strategy themselves fail time and time again. I'm sorry. That's my that's that's just a reality. I, I've seen even marketing alleged marketing strategists who do terrible marketing plans that are just not actionable. So what happens is you get this like, you know, 25 page Word document and the client looks at it and goes, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? I just wasted my money. I think I think the key is this. Look, can you go out and find templates for marketing strategy? Sure. But, you know, again, you're going to have a document with boxes. Um, can you go to courses that will, you know, say marketing strategy in one day? Sure. And you'll probably learn a bit more doing that than just downloading a template because hopefully they work you through how to actually fill it out. But ultimately, get a strategist on board. Get a marketing strategist who actually knows how to do this stuff because it's absolutely intuitive for me as a marketing strategist to look at a uh, your potential target market for your marketing and to know things about them that you will never just know because you just don't have that skill set. I'm highly qualified in what I do. I've been doing it for a lot of years. So just like you, whoever's listening is highly qualified in what you do um, and you've been doing it for years and you wouldn't want someone else to try and DIY it. It's the same sort of thing. So so that's sort of the answer that you probably don't want me to, to give, but that's the truth. Um, and, it, and it's how I feel. Um, but I think, you know, if it feels like a lot of work, the best way that I tell people who want to DIY it, if it's if you're thinking about target customer, is to say, listen to what your clients say to you now. What do they tell you? What language do they use? What are the words that they say? What seems to be their biggest problem or challenge? So when they call for an inquiry, what do they ask for? Because that's your insight or it's part of it. That's that that actually tells you quite a lot about what they're looking for. Um, if you haven't got clients now, then it, it is a lot tougher, of course. Um, but you do need to just think about what problem you're really solving. And I think if you start with that, that's that's kind of the key to it. And then you have that two sides, right? You have what channels are we going to put our marketing in? And these days, that's a little bit more obvious because you have digital marketing. You know, LinkedIn is great if you're professional. Facebook is better for certain types of products and services. Um, some people like Facebook if you're a coach and a consultant. Others don't. You know, it just depends where you want to sit. So you make a choice about what social media chat platform works for you in your view or you like, you know, can use well. You know that you need to have, you know, some good search engine optimization with your website. So you need content for your website. So then it comes down to those are the mechanics. What's the message? Well, the message is what is the problem you're trying to solve and what are the solutions you can bring to help educate your client on the potential solutions in, in their life? 
So that's my answer. Here, here, I'm <laughs> going to say, look, uh, I agree 100%. Look, I'm going <laughs> to say, if you need a marketing strategy, the changestarter.com, flick on the screen here, reach out to Stevie uh, and, and get her help to do that. Um, like, I, I, I just... When people try and DIY, it's it, you know when you said that, Steve, yeah. it made me think of like like you're not going to DIY your accounting. I know some people try try to do that, um, yeah, but they yeah. struggle big time. Yeah. Uh, and like I just go, I just going to get a professional to do this and save me a hundred yeah. hours, man. Like it's just it's really- because they they don't. It's ridiculous, and they don't know what they don't know as well. You, you there's loads of stuff mm-hmm. you're going to miss, right? So when I typically pick up working with a client. And I, you know, we go through and sort of audit things and we start looking at what are we going to do with their socials and what are we going to do with their content? And, you know, yeah, they've had a good stab at it, but usually there's a million things that are not right and need to be optimized to make it useful and working for them. And those are things that, you know, you can't really teach a business owner because not because they're not capable of learning it, but just simply because they're trying to run their business. When are they going to have time to do that? So I I just say, stop being, trying to be a marketeer when you're not one. That's kind of my message usually. And I, I just... Just to t- if I can just touch on one more thing around that, and then this is part of my my book that's hopefully going to be published in the new year, um, and I can't talk too much about that at the moment, but what I can say is that one of the things I've done in that book is I've identified what I call the impossible cycle of random marketing. <laughs> and this is a model that comes from the research I did for my master's um, thesis, where I interviewed small business owners and I interviewed marketing providers and looked at what was going on between the dynamic between them and the relationship between them. And in doing that, you know, what I discovered is there's this cycle and it's the same behaviors over and over again, where a business owner starting, they don't really have money maybe, especially in the early days to actually commit to marketing and they've never put a budget to their marketing. And so they sort of tentatively try to spend a bit of money, but they're not really sure about doing it and they don't have that commitment to it. And then when they go in to have a conversation with some kind of a marketing provider, the conversation between the two parties is not direct enough. And and the the marketing provider is like, yeah, we can get you results. And then the business owner is like, great, that's what I'm looking for is results. But nobody talks about what result actually means. And I can tell you that business owners want sales from their marketing, which is a bit like, you know, wanting an accounting outcome from your lawyer. It it just doesn't make any sense. And marketing and sales are two different functions. And yes, of course they correlate, but they're two different functions. So we can't expect sales from our marketing necessarily directly. Again, there's some nuances to that, but just top line. And, And so, you know, when you are trying to engage a marketing provider to help you, between the two of those parties, you need to get very, very clear about what a result is. What, what do we mean by that? And that's why I always you know, go to content. Content is the best way to really easily show a result because you can see that your ranking's moving up for that de- defined keyword, right, in, in, in Google. And that means you're getting more people coming to see your website. So that's a really easy way to track a result and define a result for a business owner, particularly when, you know, if, if you don't know much about marketing and marketing measurements, it's a great way for you to understand it simply. And, and it's a great way for everyone to be able to track what they're doing. So it's, it's sort of the, 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 you know, the lowest hanging fruit in that regard. But essentially results for marketing are not sales necessarily. And so we do need to understand that and make sure everybody's clear about the journey ahead because otherwise you, it just fails and this cycle goes round and round again where you still haven't got any success from marketing. And that's a very good distinction you're making because uh, I've been through that as a supplier and also as the, 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 the client on the other side working with potential suppliers. Uh, and I've had that, you know, I get pitched every week. Someone, I'm getting a new email that says, hey, you need some SEO? We've got SEO services for you. <laughs> oh, my um, God, those people. <laughs> no, from, from all over the world, Stevie. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm just like, you're not, uh, it's, it's. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. have you looked um, at my website? No. Yeah, just <laughs> Clearly, they've never looked at like, your website. You know, and then you get, then I get these pictures from people who are like, hey, do you want to link back to this article on your website? I don't know what they're doing. They're trying to get me to give them a, a you know, because my dope main authorities got some decent value here and they're trying to get me yeah. you know, links to their sites and stuff and I'm like wait a minute you know um, it, to really get clear on what your goal is and, and, and yeah. the distinction between is it marketing is, so are we talking about awareness and traffic to our website or to a landing page or to an offer exactly. versus yeah. a sale which is you know usually yeah. for services we're talking about that usually doesn't happen until you're actually having a sales conversation with somebody um, exactly. they're very different things right so yeah. You know, so so it's like oh, I'm going to hire you, Stevie, to do a marketing strategy. Then I'm going to spec within a month. I'm going to get I'm going to get ten new sales. Like that's not you know crazy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Although I have to, I have to say though, um, it, it's sometimes funny how I mean this just happened this week with one of my clients, and we just started doing Facebook ads for them for the first time. And we when we do that, we always this is what I commented on a, a post the other day, and you were like, "What's the secret here?" So I'll share the secret now. So um, we start with a really low um, daily. Uh, spend just because we wanted to see what's how's it going to land what's going to happen with this ad you know is it going to we have we got the right ad have we got the right creative have we got the audience right there's so many variables with Facebook ads so you need to know what you're doing um, and so we we build it up over time because we want to we want to test it we want to iterate it we want to improve it and then if we need to build budget up we can but in actual fact what we've done with this is the way the campaign works is, um, you know, as with all Facebook ads, it goes to a landing page. But we're, we're selling a, a service that's in quite a bit of a niche and it's a, a, a challenging topic for some people. And so what we don't want to be doing is we're not trying to get people to book an appointment straight away. That would just be too much in people's faces. We're actually trying to educate. So what we've done is we've got a landing page. That landing page goes off and links to a whole library of content that's been put onto their site that speaks to um, different areas within our overall topic. And so what we're doing is providing education for people. And so that that content's up there. You know, you have to obviously put that content up there in order to prepare your landing page, in order to prepare your ads. Digital marketing always works from the end backwards. And so in doing that, we've already started ranking those pages with Google within just a few days of them going up. And now, you know, we've got this ad that's also driving people. And so what's really interesting about that is, um, the client called me and said, you'll never guess what, we've got all these people coming in, they're new clients, it's like shocking, we did some marketing, we got new clients, but I was I was a bit shocked because it was so soon, you know, it was like, we, I'm like, really? We don't even, like running this like two days, but I know that it's coming from the content in Google, Not, and, uh, but there's also, I know parts of it are coming from the ads, just based on mm. the topic that, that they're booking in for. So. From that perspective, you know, you can get really quick results. And then anecdotally, those are coming through as we're getting new customers and they seem to be the ones we're targeting with this campaign. So it's not that you can't get instant results that result in revenue results. It's just that you shouldn't expect that because you're measuring your marketing on something that it's not intended to do. It's like you say, it's intended to create awareness, more reach, more people knowing about your business, more people coming to your website subscribing to your email list, uh, uh, lots of different things it could be that we set. But it's really clear. You, you need to be really clear what those goals are, right? That That's the number one thing up front. What are we actually trying to do? As, and even with keywords, right? If you're doing an article, well, what keyword are we targeting? Because otherwise, you know, you kind of go, oh, we're going to do some articles and then the website's going to rank better. Well, hang on a minute. For what? What specifically? Let's get really clear. So you do need to get clear if you're using a provider. It's really important. You're listening to Authentic Influence. Learn the tips, strategies, and practices for taking your influence to the next level. Now, back to the show. And I think that that's you know a really good point about uh, not having the expectation that I'm going to run a you know I put a hundred bucks or a thousand dollars into Facebook ads this yeah. month and that's going to generate ten thousand dollars of sales. I think that that's very um, misguided. Uh, I do feel it's a bonus when it does happen, uh, but certainly if if you can say well you know we can measure and track clicks to the website or clicks to a landing page, whatever it may be, um, and the goal is if we can you know invest a certain amount of dollars, we can get you know. A certain number of leads i think that's more measurable yeah, um uh, another point you had here is around you're, you're talking a lot about content um and i know that you you're a big advocate for content marketing um you know you've invested in, in having my team write articles for you uh and, and some of those, yeah, those articles well. are dangerous Amph. those articles <laughs> are dangerous <laughs> i'm actually scared to put your articles on my website because the second i do it <laughs> i get inundated with inquiries <laughs> Is for that business and i'm like i have to make sure i've got time and capacity before i do it <laughs> so uh, I, I just want to marry that because you're talking about a result right so to, to give context yeah. to people here so i did uh, a couple of articles with stevie stevie then message sends me a message <laughs> and says you know look i'm getting these these inquiries from all over the place people are booking in for consultations <laughs> or whatever it may be um and i want to pre preface that with that works because you already had a strategy and you knew what yes. keywords you wanted to go after you knew what topics yeah. you wanted to write about yeah. and what, what you wanted me to do um yeah. and that like for me that that makes you 
one of my dream clients because, you know, nine out of 10 times I'm getting people who have no clue what they want to rank for. Um, yeah. and so I have to then go and sit down with them and say, well, let's actually spend two hours working out what your content strategy is yeah. before we actually go and push out articles because, you know, um, there's too many business owners, you know, when they, here's two issues I get. One issue is we've, we've paid, you know, someone on Upwork to write articles for us and it's doing nothing. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and then the second one is, okay, you know, I want you to write articles, but again, um, you know, my general theme or topic is this, right. Can you just write some articles about this? And I'm, yeah. and I'm, I'm always coming back to, well, actually, what are your competitors doing? What, 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 what are you trying to rank for? Um, yeah. And what are you a specialist at, right? Because I, I need more information. Yeah. I can't just go write about how you're a great home chef. Like that no. doesn't really, yeah. really do much. So can you talk about, yeah, just your experience with content yeah. um, and, and all look, these pieces? Look, and this is, this is not just about content, but content yeah. marketing is marketing. Marketing is content. It, that's, how, that's how marketing has changed these days. So, you know, any marketing you do needs content attached to it in some way. So, so that's, and that's why I'm a big advocate is because it is so highly trackable. And as long as you get those basics right in the beginning, but what this really boils down to is um, the brief that you give somebody, right? So what you're saying is people come to you and they go, can you write about X topic? And you're like, sure. Can you, you know, give me a bone, throw me a bone here? Like, tell me a little bit more about the topic, Um, especially because whilst you can go off and research stuff online that stuff's what already exists online. So what's their take on it? What is it that's going to be their viewpoint and philosophy around that particular topic that's going to make the article stand out and be a little bit different? Um, so I think, um, you know, what's what's important is, um, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought again. I, do you know why? It's so hot in Queensland and I'm like, Whoa! Um, I can't think straight. Um, so, yeah, so what's important is the brief. Um, and so, and I write about this in my book because I've come up with a, a model called the Care Factor Fix um, and it's four components. It's commitment, accountability, realism and engagement. And these are the four things, the four mindsets that a business owner needs in order to succeed with marketing, either whether they're trying to DIY or ideally whether they're bringing in third parties to do it. And one of those pillars, the engagement pillar, is about how you engage the team that you've brought in to do your marketing. And one of the ways that you need to engage them, one is actually be present and engaged in the process, but two, write a good brief. And sometimes that's the part that clients really struggle with. And you know, it's actually one of the main services that I provide when I'm doing the implementation um, services that I offer at the Change Starter, because we, I have, t- you know, I have specialists that do Facebook ads, that do content, that do websites, that do, you know, whatever it is we're doing that's part of the strategy. Mm-hmm. But my job within that is to brief those people on behalf of the client because the clients don't typically know how oh, they're, they're engaging me to do it because they don't want to be doing it themselves. But also they don't typically know what to put in a brief. And so, you know, you really need to take some time to brief somebody to give them the right information so they can do a good job for you. And it's, you know, especially if you're looking for content, you know, who are we, what is the objective of your content? Well, for example, I want to rank higher for X keyword and you need to know what that is. If you don't know what the keyword is, I want to rank higher for this topic. Can somebody do the keyword research for me, right? Because there's services out that that will do keyword research for you. So that's another way that you can do that. So you can find out what the keyword is. And then what's, so what are we trying to achieve from this? We're going to rank higher for this particular topic or keyword. And then why do we want to do that? What's the overall objective we're trying to do? Well, we want to have more people come to our website because this keyword relates to this service. So that's great because now we know what we're actually really trying to sell ultimately. And then what is it about this topic that you have knowledge of yourself that's your philosophy, your point of view on the topic that you can give to somebody? And I know, you know, Amp, you always make it really easy because I'm always so busy and chaotic and I'm so busy writing everyone else's briefs. So what I tend to do, like, and this is something I'm sure anyone can, can try to do is I download my thinking, my philosophy on something just through Otter. Like we use the Otter app, right? So I just mm-hmm. go, okay, I'm sorry. What I wanted to talk about is blah, 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 blah. And then I just reel off some thoughts about it. And he turns my gibberish into brilliantly SEO optimized copy. But I think, you know, so there's certain ways to do, but you don't have to sit and write an essay. You can do it. If you're better speaking about it, then do it like that. Speak about it, put it, record it. Um, You know, maybe you have other content you've written in the past. Maybe the content's not that great for Google, but it can be regurgitated, reused, refreshed. So, you know, get really clear about what you're actually asking the person to do. 
what you're, why you're doing it, what's the objective, what's the background to why are you putting that brief together right now? Like what's making you think you need to put that content together? And then what do you, what do you ultimately want to try and do with your business as a result of that? Um, and then give them some, con you know, what I call copy points or content starters, some ideas, some thoughts, some, some content to work with that they can turn into an article, right? So that's really the, the key thing about it. Um, but if you're just sort of sending somebody a quick email and you're all rushed and it's like, uh, you know, can you just write about, you know, dogs, then it's it's like, well, what's that going to do? Like loads of people are writing about dogs. It's too random. So, <laughs> you know, you need to be like, you know, what type of dogs are we talking about? And, you know, what is the keyword we actually want to rank here for? So it comes down to the brief. And, you know, we have a lovely saying in the marketing industry um, and it's um, shit in, shit out. hundred percent, hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Oh, wow. A thousand percent. Uh, you know, like I, 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 the thing I appreciate about you doing the audio record, um, because that's, first of all, you know, we established that that's probably a better way for you um, to yeah. actually present your ideas because you're, you're you're much eloquent as a speaker and it just it's easier for you to do it. If I were to ask you to sit down and write everything out, you know, it'd probably yeah. take you days if you even get never there. Um, and so it, it's also understanding yet yeah, your preferred method for for you know presenting information. Um, mm. And then on the back end of that, what also happens is uh, as I'm listening and and art is beautiful because it transcribes for me as well. So I'm reading through the text as I'm listening to what you're saying. Uh, yeah. And then then I'm pulling out from that, you know. Your the way uh, your thought process, which is actually more important for me, it's understanding what is the rationale between the ideas. Because for you, it's like right. I've got these ideas, right? And, yeah. and then for me, it's like if you just gave me the ideas and you didn't give me the explanation behind the ideas, then I have to go off and try and do the research myself and find these. You know, like yeah. I said, I'm looking online. Yeah. I'm looking, and what typically happens, you know, and this happens with outsourced writers and whatever else, is they end up stealing other people's ideas, right? But they but they're not getting. Stevie's thought process. They're not getting Mike's thought process. They're getting, you know, some yeah. random stuff. And then you come and read that and exactly. you go, this is totally not where I was yes. headed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where I get complaints, you know, in the past where it's been, you're not nailing my tone of voice. And this is a common one I hear about people who try to hire writers, yeah. even if they bring writers in house, they have this problem of tone of voice. Um, and yeah. and, and you know, I, I did a piece about this a while ago where I said, you know, it's very common in, in, in our in, or in business to, to hire a graphic designer or a designer to create your visual style guide. It's, yeah. it's very uncommon to hire, you know, a copywriter or someone to actually to do, do your verbal, your, your tone of voice style guide, which is actually yeah. to then, you know, and we did this when I was working for the co-working space. Um, we, we really narrowed in on what's, a, what's the actual tone of voice because yeah. if you don't get there and that's not clear, yeah. um, don't expect that whoever you're giving the, the work to for them to come back and, and nail it. Right. Unless they've known you for 20 years and they've, they've been exactly, you know, but you know. like, they can't read like we can't read people's minds. I mean, maybe a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you need you can't read their mind. So, to, so I think the other point about that is, you know, when you're briefing somebody, tell them all of the things. You know, I don't I don't mean tell them absolutely everything so they can't work out where it zones into, but just make sure that you like you say, tell them your thought process. I think that's really interesting that you get that from listening to my. <laughs> my waffle <laughs> <laughs> but that's because you you know what you know and i don't know what you know exactly. and then you know yeah. and, and that's the thing right so um yeah. it's the same thing where it's like someone i've stayed at someone's house and and you know as a guest and they're like oh by the way you should be you know cleaning this or making sure that this is filled or whatever it is and i wouldn't know that because i don't live in your house no. so <laughs> until you you know and i love airbnb where the host gives you you know a printed for a piece of paper or a card and they have a checklist on there and go, make sure you do all these things before you leave. Thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. It's, it's that simple, you know? Um, and that's what the brief is. A, a really great brief will give the, the other person. This is exactly what I want to have. Exactly. Right? exactly. Um, yeah. Great, great conversation. Uh, we're going to wrap up. So I, 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 we could go on for hours and I'm going to have to bring you back oh, yeah. next year. Uh, once you've got the book out and we can talk about that. Yeah, please. Um, that'd be great. So can you just, you know, being that I am in the process of writing a book about case studies and we've done a few for you, um, can you just just give me your your two cents on why you think case studies are important for small business? So case studies are proof, right? That they're, they're proof that the experience um, that you gave your client is one that was desirable and that it, it satisfied their needs. Um, when you're a services business, often services are 
you know, very intangible. And so what's the things you can do in marketing to make them more seem more tangible and sort of package and, and position them? At the end of the day, you know, a lot of what people do is, is, is often complex. And, you know, certainly what I do is complex because people sort of when I say, oh, I do, you know, I'm, I, I just always go, oh, I just work in marketing. So it's just the easiest way to kind of talk about it. But when I say that, people think that means that I post things on Facebook for them or, you know, I write stuff or I make websites. And I don't do those things. I'm not, I have a team that does those things or, you know, I reach out to people like yourself. You know, I always reach out to other providers. So, yes, we can make those things happen. But that's not really what I do. And certainly the two examples that you're showing um, there are two examples where it wasn't about implementing. These were coaching clients and this was about them getting their clarity of their strategy, understanding how to tackle marketing for their business, looking at, you know, in, in Helene's case, you know, how could she increase her self-confidence, get rid of her imposter syndrome and, and become a really confident, incredible business owner, which she's gone on to do. Um, you know, and for Aaron, it was like, how do we automate things? You know, how do we get it more organized, more systemized, more process driven? Because he's that's his way of thinking. That's his brain. That's how he goes. So, you know, it, it's for both of those case studies, when you read those case studies, what you realize is the nuances of all the different things that I would do with a client. And so, you know, you picked a few of those out and we've talked about those, um, but it's actually quite different for every client. So also I have some systems, you know, like the client analysis tool that I would use, uh, competitor research tool that I would use. Um, we don't, you know, it's not always the case that we do that for every client. It just depends on the client and what their needs are. So what a case study does is it really outlines all the different components of that client's journey. And so somebody reading that now could be like, oh, that's what we want to do. You know, that's what we want to do for our business. We actually want to make, you know, oh, make LinkedIn marketing team effort. Wow. How can we do that? That sounds really good. You know, so you might read that and see different things that you're looking to achieve in your business. And that's true for any case study. It's going to break down all the different things that a person does, that a service provider provides. And in doing that, you really give a much fuller picture of the experience that someone can expect from working with your business. And I think it's a much fuller picture than you can ever really get from marketing copy that would go on your website, for example. Um, and I think, you know, certainly on my website, which I need to re <laughs> I need to redo, but I'm so busy doing everyone else's marketing. But I think that these two case studies are probably the best examples of content, certainly on my site, that, that explains things that I can do and the capabilities and credibilities that I have and, and the experience that people could have from working with me. Um, and, you know, I've got another one that we need to do about my, you know, my current client one of my current clients, I'm doing it for other clients too, where, you know, they're taking up my my implementation services um, where we're doing Facebook ads, we're doing content, we're doing, you know, a whole marketing strategy and, and actually doing the strategy, then rolling it out for them. That client's been on a full journey. They've been on the coaching journey, get the mindset in place, ready for growth, get organized, clarify what they're trying to do with their business, who's their target, et cetera, what services, then we've gone into strategy and then we've gone into now running their marketing on an ongoing monthly basis. So, you know, a case study enables you to demonstrate different ways that you might engage different clients. And it's particularly important if you have a services business that's um, customized to your client's needs. And it's, it's not just a, the same. Everybody gets the same sort of thing, which is exactly what my business is like. Fantastic. And I, I really like that you talked about nuance and you know you wouldn't know the depth of work and effort that you yeah. go through with each client because i think if the, the challenge is you know a lot of a lot of marketers will talk about creating uh like your methodology here's your five steps to doing x whatever it may be and, and that's that could I mean, it's you know you would have a framework that you take your clients through but sure. even within that you're going to customize to each specific client and their situation uh yeah. like that piece in, in, in aaron's case study where you talk about um helping his team to to get better at LinkedIn like like that would never like I would you know if, if all we saw was a result but we didn't see that's actually a key part of getting to the result yeah. uh, you know yeah. now now I'm reading that and going actually I would love to get my team involved in LinkedIn right um, but I don't know how to even begin that process but I could work mm. with someone like Stevie who can help me do that so mm. so that that's really fantastic thank you for sharing that um, I'm going to let me just stop the sharing here and Let's just wrap up with a couple of quick questions. Uh, what's one book, podcast, or resource that you would say is essential for everyone who wants to get better at marketing? 
This one. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I get asked that a lot. And the honest answer is I don't know because I don't read books. I don't really watch. I don't even listen to podcasts. I, I don't personally consume that kind of knowledge because I already know I'm not saying I know everything, but I already know that kind of knowledge. So I do, it's not something that I personally consume. So sorry, I can't answer that. But this one's great. <laughs> no, no, well, thank you. Now, you did a recent, like you mentioned, you're doing you did an MBA or you went through some course or some training. I did a master in masters in digital marketing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you would recommend that as a, as a program for people, uh, people to get yeah, into? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously it was a master's, but the Digital Marketing Institute that I went through do have some short courses for less advanced. Um, so if you're not a marketeer already, if you haven't got that experience or a degree in marketing, you know, to start you off, then uh, you can certainly look at doing um, the short courses that they have. I think they have social media courses and probably SEO and things like that. And um, yeah, and I've, I'm trying to think, there is another one that's got my um, memory, but I can't think what it's called. And this, you would know it, Amphis in Sydney, something Academy, I think it is. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they're on York Street. Their branding's yep. kind of yellow. We'll, re- we'll remember it and we'll, we'll yeah, put it yeah, in, we'll, we'll, in the comments. But, um, <laughs> we'll link it to it in the show notes. Yeah, well, yeah a lot of these, exactly. they run, or they, they run uh, because well, we were in lockdown for a while, so they do have remote courses you can take. Um, yeah, right. Prefer, they've got the classroom. So, they're very good, um, actually. They're, they're yeah. really good. So, yeah. So, there you go. I did know one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fantastic. And a final question for you coming, you know, considering that we, we've just, we were still going through the, the pandemic, but um, what's one thing that, that's really helps you or a habit or behavior um, that you've, you've um, that really helps you with your mental health? Oh, great question. Um, and really um, pertinent for me because I have, real mental health problems, actually. Um, I have, you know, serious anxiety disorder um, and bipolar disorder. So it's, it's a big challenge for me often. Um, you know, I think actually the funny thing is with lockdowns, with COVID, it's actually been really good for my mental health. So where everyone else was sort of going, oh, no, we're all locked down and we can't go out. I was like, yes, I've been training for this my whole life. Thank goodness I don't have to leave the house. <laughs> so I was actually loving it. Um, but I think what's important is... Um, is gratitude and you know i know that all sounds like some people are like, oh so it sounds so airy fairy but you know it's not i had an experience um uh, a while back I, I do a lot of tony robbins personal development stuff and i had an experience of you know going to his events and being like you know people always talk about gratitude and i'd be like i don't get it what is i don't know what that means like what does it mean to feel this gratitude this thing and when COVID happened and, you know, I realized that, well, I'm alive, I'm not sick, I don't have COVID, my parents are alive, you know, my friends are alive, there's nothing, you know, I've got food in my fridge, I've got, you know, a roof over my head. I suddenly felt it for the first time and I understood it. And I think if you have that experience and you know what I'm talking about in feeling gratitude, it's just such a wonderful thing to experience. And so, you know, if you don't have that click into that yet, if you haven't felt that yet, then, you know, I would say, go out and look at the sky, go out and look at the trees, go for a walk, look at, get back to nature and really get grounded in your present day. Because I look around me and I see friends who have everything and they think they've got nothing. I see people who are doing so well and they think they're not. And I've been that person also sometimes. So I think gratitude is a really important strategy for mental health wellness. Uh, And I think the ability to feel the moment around you and the present day and say, what have I got? Look what I've got. Look how lucky I am. And, you know, how grateful you feel for having those things. I think that's the best thing that you can do in the moment for your for your mental health and i i hope everyone can feel and understand gratitude because it took me a really long time i love that and thank you for sharing uh your honesty about your situation as well and, and what you've had to go through uh it just reminds me of one of my favorite things to do is to just put my like go to the beach put my feet in the water um, and just look out at the endless like for me i feel i'm part yeah. of something much bigger than than like i've got goosebumps just even like visualizing that right now with you um yeah. and cindy always wonders like you know were you born you know in the water and swimming or I, I <laughs> but for me i love being you know diving into the water being yeah. under the water you know for, even for a few seconds and, and just feeling like uh you know a, a part of something like the universe yeah. right and just going yeah. oh my gosh like uh, it's amazing to be alive yeah. like it really it, is exactly right? yeah exactly uh, 
Thank you so much, Stevie. This has been an insightful and delightful conversation, as I knew it would be. Uh, for everyone listening, please head over to change thechangestarter.com uh, and connect with Stevie there. She's also on LinkedIn um, and on Facebook, though, you know, there are periods where Stevie will disappear because she's I just, I, I'm not, yeah, I disappear. <laughs> But that's all good. Uh, and you can really, uh, you know, reach out to her and connect with her. And, and, and if you need help with your marketing strategy or anything to do with your marketing, Stevie, I 100% recommend uh, you getting involved with her. And uh, uh, you don't have a newsletter yet, do you? But I assume when you're doing the book launch. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I actually do have a sign up, I think, on my website with a, a series, an email series, like a training series on marketing okay. strategy. So, yeah, I think I think yeah. that's on there. Um yeah, it's the funny thing of, you know, accountants aren't very good at their own accounting. Like, I, <laughs> I'm so busy doing everyone else's marketing, I've forgotten how to do my own. So, um, yeah, you have to forgive me for that. <laughs> All good. You just keep producing those those excellent case studies and results for your clients, and, and, and that's that's all you need to be doing. Uh, awesome. Thank Thanks you so much, so much for having me, Anth. Been a pleasure and an honor. And so, uh, everyone else, please hit subscribe. If you want to leave a review on the iTunes and all those other things, please do. Um, and uh, reach out to Stevie. And, and, and if you've learned anything, you know, really cool, uh, let her know because I think you know uh, yeah. I guess appreciate when they hear from other people. Um, you know, and, and we all want to be felt like we've we've made you know some kind of value or contribution here. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll check in with you uh, another time. Thanks, Stevie, and Bye. see you all. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Now, just quickly, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash podcast, uh, and you can grab all the links and things and resources on there. And also, if you are a conscious entrepreneur, got a professional services business, working B2B, uh, and you've got an interest in building influence and income through showing up, serving others, and being real, then I invite you to join my Authentic Influence Warriors Facebook group. Uh, if you want to do that, just head over to simplecreativemarketing.com forward slash community. Okay, thanks for joining in, and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authentic Influence Podcast at AuthenticInfluence.co. 